Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our great platinum sponsors, including Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better, hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level, Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life, and Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is an old friend, Stevie Balsamo. Stevie is a certified athletic administrator, and she is the director of athletics at Millennium High School out in Tracy, California. Uh, we had a chance to, you know, kind of work together as, a, you know, I won't, don't want to say opposing ADs, but, uh, you know, we were ADs in the same conference. Uh, a couple of years ago when I was out in California. Stevie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited. How are to, you? All right, things are going great. Uh, <laughs> we're excited to hear what's going on at your school and also what's going on in California. But uh, before we do that, uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college and maybe how your love of sports led to your current position in athletic administration. <laughs> That's kind of loaded. I uh, grew up in Tracy and I went to high school out here. Um, I did soccer and softball. And then I went to Sac State. I actually, before I went to Sac State, I went to junior college because I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, so took the JUCO route to kind of figure it out. Um, I was working at in shape at a gym here in town. And I had been there, I did three years volunteering from 12 to 15. And then I got hired on when I was 15 to work at their summer day camp. And so I had been doing that and I actually worked there up until quite recently. Um, at Delta, my counselor, you know, I had been there for three years at this point and it was time to transfer. I needed to make a decision. And she's like, well, what do you like to do? I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. That's why I'm here. And so she is actually the one that kind of started, well, okay, what do you do right now? Well, I work with kids at a sports camp and yeah, I like that. Um, you know, I've been there forever. Uh, I guess. Yeah, it's cool. And so she had suggested PE, which I was all for. I like kids. I loved the teaching aspect of it. Um, I wasn't sure what it would look like for me. So I jumped in at Sacramento State, which is actually one of the best decisions that I have ever made because the program at Sac State and the relationships that I've built there between uh, professors, like students, friends that we've made, that is actually what got me into the professional development aspect of it and just understanding that I myself am a lifelong learner. But I did not anticipate ever becoming an athletic director. <laughs> that was not in the plan at all. 
Um, I was teaching physical education here. We're a TK through 12 campus. So we have, we run the gamut on our campus. And I was working at the middle school teaching PE for six years. And during my sixth year, the athletic director at the time decided that he was ready to go, uh, but not go, but he wanted to back up. He had four kids. He was our football coach. He had a full plate. And so I told him that I was willing to help him, which is why he put me in an assistant role, but that I did not want the position. I did not want to be AD. And seven years later, here I am as the AD. So my journey has been interesting, but when I look back on it, actually, um, I'm kind of thinking I was the director for basketball leagues for the youth and adult basketball leagues at the gym. And so in hindsight, I'm like, okay, I guess there was kind of a little bit like, this is where you're supposed to be. But I still tell my students, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> it uh, still holds very true. Uh, I always love hearing these stories and I smile because, um, you know, my stories very much the same. I knew I wanted to be a PE teacher, knew I wanted to coach and, you know, I had great ADs, but I just had no uh, inkling that uh, that was where I was going to end up. And, uh, uh, you know, as you move through your career, you know, uh, challenges and opportunities uh, come up and uh, you take them. Um, again, for our listeners, you know, Millennium uh, is part of a, a group of uh, high schools, many of which are um, smaller faith-based organizations. And uh, uh, a lot of times, you know, the smaller schools kind of take a, a bad rap from a, a lack of organizational standpoint. You know, the person in charge might be a part-timer, might be new, but uh, I think our conference uh, did a pretty good job. And I was always very impressed with the job that you did, uh, Tracy, at Millennium, because um, that you probably would have been just starting as the AD about the time we were out there together. And, you know, the schedules were met teams were on time uh you know there was never that oh my gosh you know moment so uh you know whatever you did as far as preparing for that job right. you know, well done okay. um another question we like to ask our ad's is along the lines of leadership and mentoring it's so important in our profession so i'm curious who are some of your mentors either teachers or coaches growing up or maybe people that you worked with or worked for uh, the expression I always like to use is I still hear those voices in my head uh, when I'm talking to a, a coach or a parent or a kid. So whose voice do you still hear? You know, for me, that's kind of twofold. Definitely uh, Dr. Julie Kilkitchen, who was my mentor for physical education at Sac State. Uh, but now it has really been the relationships that I have built with the athletic directors because I had I didn't have a network of people. So I didn't really... I didn't know who to look for as a mentor. Um, when I actually started in that league, uh, I went in again, because this was not my career path that I knew I was heading on. All I knew is I was heading as an ED. Um, it was a bunch of men. And so my first concern was I am not gonna be the female in the room that doesn't know anything. And so before our first league meeting, I, I read the bylaws from cover to cover to make sure that I knew what I was walking into. But I've actually, I've, it's a great group of ADs that I work with. So I would say that, you know, the, the handful of you in the CCAA at that time um, that I could ask questions to. And then I actually, there's an AD in Pacheco, Charlie Pikus, who was a softball coach when I was in high school. And I can call him for anything. 
So he has been incredibly helpful through this process to get me from point A to point B, you know, because no one on campus knows the job. So I always have to look out and kind of figure out. And there's always a new problem thrown your way. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, uh, I, I was uh, helpful, you know, back in those uh, early yeah, years. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Stevie, um, we already mentioned, you know, you have your CAA credential and we have a lot of younger listeners and I think it's important for them to hear uh, about the journey of the certification path that we all go through. So talk a little bit about that, how you got involved, you know, with your state association, how you started taking the LTI courses that led to your CAA. So I signed up for CSADA to attend the conference. Um, when I signed up, I was the assistant AD. By the time the conference happened that year, I had been notified that I was going to be the AD. So I knew, you know, what I thought I was going to the conference for changed as soon as the position became very real. Um, you know, they have the nuts and bolts, they have all these other things. And so I'm going through the sessions. And when you are going from the PE profession, where there's a lot of movement to the ones where there's a lot of sit and listen, it's, a ton of information. So I started going through and trying to figure out, okay, you know, what do I need to know right now? And then I came across the LTI courses and those were very specific to certain things. And it gave you more than just a one hour session. And it gave you, you know, you have all of these people that are sitting there learning the same things. It gave you the time to interact with people uh, based on whatever the topic was. And like I said earlier, I love to learn. So I just started taking a bunch of random classes and the, C, uh, the CIA wasn't necessarily something I had in mind at the time. Um, it was just, I knew that these were classes that had information I wanted. And as I was going through, I learned more about that. And I was like, well, why not? You know, I've already taken all of these classes. It's a designation that shows what you're learning in your profession and that you continue to learn. Um, and I think it's important to have. I think it's definitely, you know, I. <laughs> you were actually doing the test review, if I'm not mistaken. And I was nervous. I'm like, oh, what if I forget everything? But when you get that paper and you're just looking, it's, it's all of these things that you may not have had to deal with, but if it comes your way, you know what to do already. But these courses just give you that extra background information and the supplemental support really for when you get into those what if situations. Wow, uh, I am going to take that little segment and forward that on to our NIAAA office. Uh, what a great PSA for uh, certification. And you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, the, the courses are spot on. Uh, and whether you start out with that plan for certification or you come to it like you did, uh, great, great job. Thanks for sharing that. Um, one of the things we pride ourselves on uh, with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to give you a chance to um, brag a little bit. Uh, as you look at your program at Millennium, um, what are some things that uh, you can say with equal parts, you know, pride and humility, you know, boy, we do this better than anybody. You know, what are a couple of best practices that you can share with our listeners? You know, for me, I am a tough critic, so I, I've been staring at this talking point for a while and had some issues with it, but I would have to say, um, with all credit to my coaches, we don't have facilities here on campus. I've got my only two teams that have an actual facility are baseball and softball. Um, everyone else, we're working with a grass field, um, a gym that is not regulation size, 
And sometimes that shows on the basketball court because my team runs narrow versus being able to spread the floor. But we take what little we do have available to us. And I have a pretty comprehensive program. We don't offer water polo and wrestling. But other than that, we offer everything else that all of our bigger schools in town do. And, you know, that doesn't happen without a coaching staff that is able to be flexible and figure out how to make things work with what we do and don't have. And so for us, I think it's just about figuring out how to take nothing and turn it into something. Um, that's, I, I feel like that's our strongest, that's our strongest suit. It is. Well, and again, I already mentioned, you know, I can attest to, you know, the efficiency uh, that your program runs on and the competitive nature of your teams. You guys put out some great teams. Um, you brought up an interesting point. You know, you're an independent school in Tracy, and there are some pretty big public high schools, you know, in the area. What's, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but, you know, what's the relationship with that? Are there some friendly rivalries? Is it, uh, you know, more than uh, friendly? Um, how would you describe that relationship with the public schools? That's a good question, actually. It's different because it's not, so when I was in high school, the only two high schools here in town were Tracy and West. So you had, you know, that was your crosstown rivalry. Um, Millennium, I have 550 students. So my student body is as big as maybe half of some of these senior classes. So the sports rivalry isn't the same as what it might be, but we do have, you know, we do have teams that compete with some of our local. Um, and it's always fun to get out there and be able to one, because that gives us a local game because we don't get those very often, but it's also fun because I, for me personally, I have friends that I went to high school with that are now coaching or ADs at some of these other schools. So you get your own personal rival as well. Uh, but they are also great in accommodating us with renting their facilities. I know that kind of creates a rivalry in and of itself with some of the teams because, you know, why is Millennium coming in? They're taking our facility. We're losing our practice time. Um, but it takes some flexibility on their end as well. So our rivalry looks a little different than what a traditional one might, but it's there. Well, it's also nice, you know, when your teams uh, end up beating those big public schools yeah. too. It's something yes, it to is. hang your hat on. You know, for our listeners, we're recording this interview on March 22nd, which puts us, you know, I guess just past the one year anniversary of uh, COVID uh, messing up everybody's program. So uh, Tracy, you're out there in California. Uh, give our listeners kind of an update of, um, you know, where things are you know, statewide, and then maybe where your school is at, not just from return to athletics, but uh, return to school as well. What's going on with regards to COVID? So that's another area where our school specifically has been a little different. Um, to this day, we are still the only high school in Tracy that is open. Um, the rest of them are still in-person learning. We started the middle of November, I think is when we brought our students back we're probably at about 30 to 35% of our students that have returned in person uh, with the opening of sports at the end of January. We're slowly getting some of them trickling back in because it is a lot easier for them to be in class than at home. In terms of the state, it is ever changing. Um, anything that I tell you right now could be different 10 minutes from now, but we, February 19th, if I'm not mistaken, is when a settlement was issued and we are now able to do indoor sports. However, there are a series of testing protocols that go in place with that that are equivalent to what college levels are doing, which makes it challenging for those of us that don't have 
college level money or resources. Um, football is another program right now. Football and water polo are our two programs that are required to do testing until we hit an adjusted case rate of seven. California might be the only state that's in a tier system. I don't know if any other state has color tiers. Um, we are slowly, they release those every Tuesday. So all of us in San Joaquin Valley are hoping that our numbers hit that seven so we can stop testing for football at that point. Um, I wanna say there are two weeks that we only have two games on our schedule. Again, being a small school, it's been really challenging. Uh, we can only play teams that are in our county or in immediately bordering counties. So it's been hard to find a competitive level for that. So the other high schools that have been going, I think the first week alone, they had seven or eight games that ended up not happening because positive COVID tests came back. Um, they, the California Department of Public Health had released a statement last week sometime that sideline cheer and band and whatnot were not allowed at events. Um, that was retracted Friday. So they are now allowed at events, but we're also at, Spectators are supposed to be limited to immediate household members and for the purpose of supervision only. Um, so we have a max of two for that. And a lot of schools are doing guest lists at this point and just having to check everyone in. And so that's something I haven't had a home game yet. So that's something I'm kind of looking to the other schools to kind of figure out, okay, how are we navigating this? And it's been interesting. So you haven't had a home game yet, but your teams are back practicing, you know, what was the, uh, what was the feeling like from the kids and the coaches and the parents about, you know, starting up again? So our school, we started conditioning. We had approval to do conditioning starting back in June. And so I had a handful of teams. We didn't know if we were going to start in August. We didn't know, uh, you know, what that start date would be. So I had teams that started then and, you know, going through, because the coaches haven't been following the information from the state the same way I had. They didn't need to. And so once I'm sending them these documents, you have to give them like the straight to the point. These are the things they need to make sure you're doing. But the kids were just so excited to be able to get back and they didn't care that they were working out. Although you could tell that they had not been doing much prior to conditioning. Um, but it also got to a point for us because they had started conditioning in June, you know, and then sports didn't happen in August. Sports didn't happen in October. And the kids get to a point where they start checking out. And so we kind of had, you know, they got on that high because they were able to start. And then there's just that sit and wait. Okay, what are we working out for? What are we doing? And so once things really opened up on January 25th, you just saw it, the vibe on campus was just so different because now they know they're working towards something. Now, like there's an end game. And so it's been, it's been really nice, especially as an AD to be able to walk on campus. And I have nine teams finding, trying to find space since we basically have a full year going on right now. Uh, but they're just happy to be there. The kids are happy. The parents have been great and have been very understanding. Um, so it's it's energy. Now we'll see how the parents feel when they can't get into all of the games. We haven't <laughs> had to cross that bridge yet. <laughs> yeah. No, and you're absolutely right. It's that roller coaster ride. You know, we're all back and oh, pump the brakes a little bit. You know, we we can't do this yet. But that's uh, that's cool to hear. Um, Another question that we've been asking our athletic directors um, revolves around this idea of, you know, social awareness and, and social justice. And my question has been this, you know, what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators better uh, for our kids, our coaches, our community? Uh, what can we do better in this area of uh, social awareness? 
first and foremost, I think we as the administrators, we need to educate ourselves so that we can educate our coaches so that we can be more of an act, uh, you know, we could be more of an activist for our students and help them find their voice and how to figure that out. Um, I know for me, it's more than just being part of an association. It's more, you know, I joined Nomad. I am in um, the global community of women of sports, but I need to have a more active role in that and a more active role in my learning. You can't just sign up for something and say, oh, well, I'm a member of this. You know, what are we doing to actually educate ourselves so that we can educate those that we coach? Well, I appreciate you um, giving a shout out to those two organizations too, yeah. Nomad and the Global Community for Women. Uh, you know, I think they're doing a great job in their role of uh, promoting this. So, uh, gosh, really appreciate that. Let's lighten things up a little bit. Um, what's your favorite part of the job? Uh, I know you probably love the kids, uh, which is great, but what gets you excited about coming to school each day at Millennium? You know, for me, it's game day. It's getting ready to see not only all of your hard work that you're putting in as the administrator, but the hard work of the coaches and the kids. You get to see everything come together with the student body, with you know the relationships you get with opposing teams. Um, those are the types of rewards that I get out of it, is being able to see everything transpire and kind of the end game for it. The kids are always an added bonus, of course. <laughs> no, absolutely. Why would you be doing this if you didn't like this, right? <laughs> Right. I like the challenges too, though. I do the challenging nature of the job. No day is ever the same. All right. No, you're right no. about that. Well, Tracy, this has been great catching up. It's always good to see you at the national conference. We missed you obviously this year at Florida. So uh, looking forward to seeing you again uh, in Denver, but we're not quite done. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. So I'm going to challenge you right now to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. What three things are going to go in Stevie Balsamo's athletic director toolbox? Uh, my first one would be to network. Your network is your lifeline. So when you are, when you're part of your professional organizations, uh, you know, at the state level, it's easy because you know more people in that realm, the national level, you have to push yourself outside of the comfort zone. So do that, build your network, um, learn from ADs from different states. Everyone has so many different things to offer. My next one would be as a member of those conferences, when you're learning so much, you have to learn to narrow your focus and really hone in on what do you want to tackle today? Because there's a ton of things that we could add to our list that we wanna do and we wanna change our program, uh, but nothing gets done when our list starts to grow. So really focus in, make your top three priorities, whether it's for the day or the week. Um, use that planner and really figure out what you want to do. And then have a set end time in your day. And that is something that I am still learning seven years on the job is that there are things that can wait until tomorrow. Not everything is an emergency. Not everything has to be done. Um, your phone can go on sleep mode. It's okay. It's okay. Great. Uh... Great, great advice. And uh, again, networking and um, organization, uh, you know, great, great suggestions. Stevie, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and get in touch with you, what's the best way that they can uh, pick your brain? Uh, definitely email. And it's sbalsamo, S-B-A-L-S-A-M-O at tracylc.net. 
T-R-A-C-Y-L-C.net. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again for being a guest. Uh, all the best as California continues uh, to reopen. Uh, for our listeners, remember, these Zoom recordings are also being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. And uh, until next time, thanks for tuning in. Come back for another episode of the Educational AD.